perspectives, different views, one voice. Welcome to the LDN Perspective Podcast. My name is Kojo. Chris. And we have with us today two special guests. Uh, my name is Dario Ajibola. I'm a HR business partner and I'm happy to be here. Thank you. My name is Mo. Um, I work with a lot of community projects in the Waterloo and SC1 area and uh, set up a charity which has been running for over 16 years now, helping young people. Thank you. For our conversation today, we'll be talking about xenophobia in South Africa. And this comes off the recent attacks um, that has been happening in South Africa. I think it's been quite alarming. There has been 316 people that have been murdered so far. Um, I believe just looking at the 2008 um, attacks alone, when they started, um, we had 62 deaths, is that correct? 62, yeah. And about 100,000 people that were displaced. Um, so, yeah, who would like to open the floor on this conversation? Okay, um, I think I'll, I'll go first, because I think... I'm what the, you know, the historian obviously what xenophobia is about and, and I think it's always good to take a step back to actually obviously try to point to context what xenophobia is and I think in short it is a form of discrimination mm. you know by one group of people against another group of people in this case usually people from the same um, sort of um, I would say subgenre in terms of um, race and in this case unfortunately in the case of South Africa, against the South African indigenous people, against the immigrants that are currently living in South Africa. Um, also, if you usually look at obviously what you, what are the root root causes of xenophobia and obviously why they actually happen, you can almost trace it back. And I'm, I'm happy to be challenged on this. Actually, you can almost trace it back to some form of socioeconomic discontent. Usually, when the indigenous people or this, the disenfranchised people feel that expectations. Um, that the government had promised to them are not being fulfilled, mm-hmm. the way they're able to channel that anger is to look at the immigrants. Mm-hmm. They say, actually, you're the ones that are actually stopping us from actually benefiting from this um, sort of prosperity, which we should be actually um, enjoying. Because A, it's our country, and B, there was a sense of entitlement to it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in South Africa, one of the stories that have come up, I don't know how true this is, because it came from my uncle and Eliza Love, so, you know, disclaimer. One of the stories that come from, from South Africa was that Quite a lot of the immigrants, especially the Nigerian kids in South Africa, we were getting into the good schools, and indigenous South African working class poor people, which were the disenfranchised in South Africa, were able to get the kids into those schools. So the anger and the frustration was sort of saying, "Well, it's not your country. Why are you coming to our country? Why are you getting the benefits? And why are you actually enjoying from the benefits that we should be enjoying?" And I think that was one of you know a small reasons why obviously this is xenophobic attacks actually happened in South Africa. Okay, let's pause for a sec. It's good that you mentioned history. And so if we look back, um, and as I said, according to the stats, this started in 2008. Does anyone actually know what triggered this from 2008? Yes, actually, I do. Um, I I, I, I did a research paper, so again, this is not my word. I think the trigger from 2008 was partly... um, a non-fulfillment of the post-apartheid sort of expectations of South Africa, obviously. No, sorry. So I know the, the socio-economic political factors around this, but normally when this is like the underbelly, this is like the undercurrent, these, things, these issues have been going on for a long time. Yeah. And it normally just takes one incident to then okay. trigger everything. Yeah. So I'm more, I'm more concerned about the incident that actually triggered th- these, these um, attacks. Does anyone know that by any no, chance? No. No, actually. No? Okay. 
So just moving forward regarding 2019, does anyone know the incident that's meant to have triggered this attack? The latest attacks? No. Okay, so I think, so I was watching Al Jazeera News and yeah. this is by their accounts um, as to what happened. So apparently there was a taxi operator that wanted to do like a citizen's arrest with a Nigerian, apparently according to reports, they were meant to be a drug dealer. Of course. So the taxi driver wanted to do a citizen's arrest and in doing so, the Nigerian immigrant shot the taxi driver and killed him. And, and then after that is when apparently the locals started attacking them. And hence the reason why when you hear some of the reports, because I've been following a few reports, and when you hear some of the reports, there's a loaded factor around some sort of robbery or criminality mm-hmm. against um, the, the so-called migrants, African migrants that have come into the country. That is some of the reasons why some of the so-called indigenous people within South Africa have been carrying out these attacks. Where do you guys stand on this, this, this xenophobic attacks then? Is it centralised? Is it aimed at one particular people? Is it more in general? What is the general view of this from what you guys have found out so far? Um, I'll be real with you. For me, the whole thing I've known, you know when you know about something yeah. in, in over time, Obviously, since 2008, even before then. Um, my issue from it all is the whole kind of title identifying, like the whole xenophobia. Because before, I don't know, this year or whatever, I'd never known it as xenophobia. I just knew well, it what as, did you refer to? I just knew it as violence towards or as discontent between. between. Okay. Did you get what I mean? Mm. And then the, the, the kind of problem I have is just the whole rhetoric as in, the characteristics and the actions are pretty much similar to what you might see with the whole Brexit. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The whole Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah I was blah, saying blah, that. Blah, blah, yeah. Yeah. And why is it when it's an African country, there's this title that's being plastered and blown up all over the place, and then mm. we are now even using it in our own dialogue. Mm. And it's now our centre point language. Mm. Um, and yeah, so for me, it's just the whole language thing of it that is a problem. Um, not to say what is happening isn't terrible or taken away from all that's happening. There are very many people affected by all of this, um, which I don't agree with. But I don't see this as new. Mm. I mean, some people what, might see What do you mean as new, though? As in the violence and the discontent between African people and... Okay. You might say, immigrants, as you would say. Yeah, I, I don't really see it as new. This has been a very big issue in South Africa for a long time. Um, it's never really been addressed. And it's kind of them things that has really been more, um, I would say, manipulated by politic, political agendas. Because you'll get a lot of the time ministers talking about how, I think there was a minister earlier in the year that, we, that mentioned the healthcare system. Yes, it's the health minister. It's the yeah, health minister. Was bad and yeah, he's yeah. quoting stats like yeah. nine out of ten are yeah, <laughs> yeah, nine out of ten are <laughs> immigrants in our health centre. With nothing to support it and back it up. Yeah, he's saying that he's putting a strain on the health centre. I mean, so it's so, a rhetoric. Yeah, but, but just just before you carry on, though. Mm-hmm. So regarding, so it's interesting that you mentioned the rhetoric around um, xenophobia and how we are then using it, and I fully understand that. Yeah. But you're saying that when this happens. Like, this is like an issue, it's a general issue that happens. But then you did compare it to Brexit, and I seen the same thing 
a comparison between what is happening there and Brexit. Oh, right? yeah. But what I'm saying that regarding Brexit, a lot of people felt that their whole Brexit agenda, the Leave agenda, was racially motivated anyway. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. when it happens here, yeah, don't we then just refer to that as some sort of racism rather than using the xenophobic language type of thing? Yeah, and, and, and that's my issue, as in it's classified as this big xenophobia, some phobia in South Africa. But it is the language used and the conversations being had is exactly similar to what is being had with the whole Brexit conversation. Yeah, totally. And, but the thing is, here it doesn't have that title. So I wouldn't be given that kind of name. So, so I, I, don't, I mean, I think the, the term xenophobia has been in existence for quite a while. I don't know how long, if I'm being very honest with you. Yeah. I think the reason why it's different is because when you look at xenophobia, you're looking at, I think there's an element of race there. Yeah. So you're looking at people of the same sort of race tax on each other. So for okay. example, in the 1900s, where you had the Russians taking out, you know, some sort of ethnic cleansing on the Russian Jews, at the time they called it the pogroms in Russia. Yeah, the pogroms, yeah. yeah. So I think, again, I think you're right in terms of putting a title on it. I think that's always strange, isn't it? When you put a title on something, you almost sort of like label it to a particular group. Yeah, yeah. And it's carrying on the rhetoric, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I do agree yeah. with that. I don't know how long it's been in place, to be honest with you, it might be the last 10 years, it might be the last 20 years, but I know it's, the whole point of that is, the whole point of the definition is that it's one race of people against another. It's the same way you can say genocide would be maybe, um, sorry, ethnic cleansing, maybe, you know, one ethnic group, you know, within a Thinking community. Thinking superior to yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah. I, do, but I do agree with you, I think it's a bit strange that you have a title and then you sort of like, it's almost like now when you hear xenophobia, you automatically think, African. Yeah. Is that is that is that how you guys associate to it? Yeah. Uh, no, that's I not how they, I don't associate it that way, but that is how I can see it being associated in such a oh, way. Okay. Especially to the younger generation yeah. or those that may not be so well educated. Mm, it's true. Because they just literally just start spitting out what they've someone else has said. Yeah. To be honest, I've only heard it in relation to South Africa on mm. a mass scale. And I think that's that's true what you're saying. That I never thought about it. But it's, it's literally only until you heard this. And it's in relation to what you were saying about, um, yeah, you can relate it to Brexit and everything. That's the first thing I thought was that as well. And also to literally the whole Jew, German Jew thing. It's literally the same type of thing. It's literally xenophobia in Europe. That's, that's what that would be. Yeah. It's just, I would feel like the reason why it's got the name now as you asked the question, I was just thinking the answer. So I was just thinking one of the reasons why it probably got put out there, that phrase got coined, there's two different reasons. Obviously, we're in that era now of social media. So obviously, as soon as something like this comes out in social media, there's automatically a phrase that it will get coined under. You see what I mean? There's always like a catchphrase coin so that it can get tweeted fast enough and things like that. Do you see what I mean? Just that with other movements and we're in an era of movements and different, you know what I mean, struggles and all of that. Mm. So the phrases will get quite quick on yeah. Two, I feel like because it's Africa, this is me personally, I feel that that agenda could be easier to be pushed out in the public eye because it's rare to usually see it in Africa where even though like we know it happens, but on a mass scale, it's usually like Africa where it's 
it's a place where you usually bond as brothers, you see what I mean? Where Africans are usually united, generally. So when this has happened, mm. I feel like, like, let's push that agenda in the media. Mm. Like, let, 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 let's just push that agenda that it's not all sweet and it's not all Africans are Africans. We've got dirt on Africa now, basically. That's what I feel like. We've got dirt on Africa. Yo, there's, there's actual, and especially the fact that it's a country that Nigeria, do you see what I mean? That Well, in the mod, I can only talk about, because before, it was other countries in South Africa. Do you see what I mean? This, it was Malawi, Mozambique. Do you see what I mean? The, 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 the smaller country, southern African countries, basically, that, that were immigrants in South Africa. So it's been happening, like you said, 2008. Before then, oh, it's yeah. been getting swept under the carpet. Mm. But now... It's like 2019 talking about straight Nigerians in South Africa. So, so it gets more of that. Do you see what I mean? In yeah. the media, people are like, oh, the Nigerians are getting... What's happening? Because obviously, because of just so the, the name... Before we get into the yeah. Nigerian stuff, um, definitely, I think a yeah. large proportion has been um, Nigerian. That's just the answer to what you... You're, yeah. Before we get there, there, were, there is stuff around politics, and you mentioned the health minister, and I think we need to talk about the political framework that is mm-hmm. kind of almost engineering this in the background for this to happen, right? And I think there was... Um, so in regards to the genesis of this latest issue, as in what incited this um, latest issue, um, I was watching an Al Jazeera news channel and they were interviewing this um, ANC, the national ANC spokesperson by the name of Dakota Lagiote. So he's the one that gave the whole thing about the Nigerian... Um, immigrant shooting the South African taxi driver who was trying to make a citizen arrest, right? And when the conversation was going on, um, even one of the other um, political correspondents mentioned that the taxi driver was even unhappy with the police because the taxi driver that got shot believed that the police are in the police are harnessing this. They're part and parcel of it. They are making these type of drug issues happen. But anyway, so just going back on that as well, I think regarding the former president, Zuma, and the corruption and everything that apparently happened at that time and the money that he's apparently embezzled from the country, um, from those conversations, it seems that it's put a lot of strain on the country. So when we're talking about the socioeconomic um, type of structure in that country, people feel like, the healthcare is an issue. Hence the reason why the healthcare minister will come out to deflect it on the migrants to say, oh, the migrants are putting a string. So what do you guys think about those conversations that are going on um, at, that, at that political level then? Um, I think that is literally the game of politics, be it South Africa, be it the UK, be it America. Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally, if you can't support or sustain your citizens or the government in itself, you have to have an escape goat. And unfortunately, a scapegoat is always going to be a minority because I think it's, what, 5% immigrants in the whole of South Africa? Yes, 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 it's 5%, yeah. <laughs> and so, they're crippling the... the, the when, you get, when, when you hear the health minister, or, <laughs> yeah. what, 9 out of 10, <laughs> nine out of ten. The, uh, people <laughs> in the hospital are, are immigrants, so how does the 5%, how does that even make any sense? So, but, but that's the thing, if you've got people that aren't educated enough to question such statements or read further into such 
thing, then they're just the masses are just going to believe. I'll be honest, even back home, whatever I'll have aunties, uncles, whatever is said on the news, they believe mm. that's so. Mm. You understand? Whatever is said by this person in this high position, it must be true. That must be right. And and that's literally what you've got a whole nation believing and following, mm. and they're abusing that power. Mm. Did you guys see? Okay, so actually looking at this from a different angle, is it, is it more of a class issue? Because is it, is it no more the people that are unemployed? I believe the statistic that I found that was about, I don't know, 40%. Oh, um, was... There's no disclaimers here. I don't know where I got my stat from, but I think it was about 40% unemployment or so in, in South Africa. Yeah, it is. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So is it no more of a class thing? Because oh. the people that are committing these, these crimes... Okay, sorry, I'll let you come in quickly. So when you read the reports, it's almost like, yes... That issue starts off by something triggering something. Then it becomes more of a looting. But a lot of the people are using that because they don't have much in there. Like they need food, they need supplies. So obviously yeah. once it's kicking off here, let's go and burn that shop. Let's go and burn that car. Let's go and rob that place. Because now it gives us the opportunity to the do momentum that. Is yeah, off. it's almost like the London riots where yeah. it started off as a demonstration against what the police have done to Mark Duggan and his, um, the whole yeah. issue, which then went into looting. So obviously there's like some sort of opportunities. Sorry, Chris, no, you want to come I in? I was going to say that it is a class issue. It's a social, political and economical issue, obviously. I'd have to say it like that because it's obviously tied in one because it's, it's like, as we've been saying, the politicians have been using the class issue to use the they've taken advantage of it. Do you see what I mean? Because I think as history repeats itself, again, it's everything that's happening in the country is components of this. It's been formed for this to happen. It could happen in any country when things get that dire. Do you see what I mean? If the if people that are indigenous to the country are starving and they're not getting jobs and unemployment at all-time high and things like that, if you put all those components together... Naturally, there's been books written on this. People will have to have to blame someone, yeah. and politicians will show someone who to blame. They will say like, <laughs> "Okay, the country's not working. How come it's not working? Like, how come you're not eating? How come we're not being able to get enough food to the north? Get enough money to the east? Do you see what I mean? Who's to blame? Then it's the immigrants that straight, straight naturally." Because they're going to say, well, we're trying to help you lot, but who's taking the food out of your, your mouth? Yeah. Who's going to do that? And that's where it is. And, and I feel like that's history repeating itself. Like I said, that's how Hitler did it in winning his political... Do you see what I mean? Yeah. By using the Jews as a scapegoat. Because that's, yeah. that's how... This is how history repeats itself. This is what they're doing with Brexit. It was yeah. blaming on the immigrants from Europe and all of that and immigrants from before. To the point... That imagine that around the time I was thinking, wait, hold on, I saw immigrants that were immigrants from years ago, now have been so indoctrinated in Britain, they've got the cheek now to be saying the same thing. So there's a reason why. The thing is, I get to a certain extent why they were saying it, but for me it was that, wait, hold on, you, you completely forgot that, wait, hold on, you was an immigrant, like your grandparents were immigrants, and they've come here on a certain basis, on a certain pretense, and now that these like new immigrants, a new wave of immigrants is here, now you're acting all bougie on them, like, 
I'm a, I'm a first generation British, and I'm like, hold on, is it's the politics? You see what I'm saying? It's what's getting told in your head. If you haven't made it for whatever reason in the time you've been here, how are you going to now put that on a whole new wave of? You see what I'm saying? Mm. And that's the thing that politicians play on the, on, on everyone's mind is you never made it in life or you're not eating the way you want to be. It's not because of you, it's because things ain't working here because immigrants. Do you see what I mean? And immigrants ain't got a voice. They ain't got no one to be like, wait, hold on, let's do the stat checks. Let's do, how was the country that before we came here? How was the country that when we're here and how we integrate, what did we do to help the country? Do you see what I mean? They ain't got a voice to, so it's easy to just blame the immigrants and then before you know it, there's the attacks in random rural areas. It always starts in the rural areas, you see what I mean? Not the, the big cities, it's the metropolitan... There's been some in the big cities. So no, but that's know. where it usually starts. So I don't, I don't yeah. want to interrupt you. Just yeah. to say, though, um, in 2018, a study was done by the World Bank which shows from 1996 to 2011, every immigrant worker generated two jobs for South Africans, mostly because of their diverse skills, which led to productivity gains and which... Gave them more to what um, Chris was talking about. I think I'm, I'm, all, I'm always mindful of sort of saying on the topic. I think if we're looking at the situation with Hitler, there are different factors that you're talking about race. And I think I always like to like stay within the narrative. So if mm-hmm. we're looking at xenophobia, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Some of those elements can be sort of transferred over, you know, in terms of semantics, you can actually look at that and say, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Let's look at what happened with Hitler. Is it the same thing in South Africa? However, if you look at the um, xenophobic attacks that happened in South Africa in 2008 and the ones that are currently happening now. I think most scholars will argue that there were different factors that led to xenophobia. But I think the one unique sort of poignant feature of the xenophobic attack right now in South Africa in 2008 is that the perpetrators or the people who were actually carrying out these attacks were, and I think this is where I'll go be a step forward from what you said, Chris, was. I wouldn't say that it was based on class, I would say it was more of the disenfranchised people. And when you say the disenfranchised people, you're looking at people who were put at a disadvantage due to mm. government policies and things like that. So you're talking about people who are less off in the country, the indigenous quote unquote people that are less off within the country. And I think usually, are they normally not their working class? They're no, 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 not all working class people mm. are disenfranchised. That's why I say, why I say disenfranchised. Yeah. Yeah. Not all working class people are disenfranchised. I'm a working class person, but there might be a working class person just like when I would be better off than me that actually for mm. actually I'm not disenfranchised. disenfranchised. I'm, I'm benefiting from the social economic so systems mean, in place. So I think you're taking out exactly. of your mouth and you're disenfranchised. So, you don't know what's going so exactly. So that's yeah. what that's what fun managers say in our class is about people that are disenfranchised, people that are disadvantaged. And usually, unfortunately, those attacks are almost sort of enhanced by the rhetorics that are coming out from the mass mm-hmm. of politicians that they administer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of feed people's and unfortunately when you have a country where um the people that tend to be disadvantaged disenfranchised opportunity to be the less educated people. That's what I was going to that say. That sort of gives a momentum where they actually say, actually, they're right. They're taking our jobs. They're taking all our employment and things like that. But I think with South Africa, you need to go back a bit to the history of South Africa. You need to understand that the um, the the Black South Africans have always fought for their right to be equal within the country of South Africa. You know, during the struggle with Mandela and the... Um, what name was party again? Uh, I don't know what party. During the struggle. So remember... 
this struggle came to a fruition in 1994, where Martin Mandela became the first president of South Africa, so the first black president of South Africa. And I think at that point, the expectation was that South Africa was going to move forward, you know, mm-hmm. progress, you know, with the disenfranchised. So at that time, I think the indigenous were going to be yeah, an advantage. Exactly. But again, of, if, if you look I mean, into at that time, the disenfranchised, the disenfranchised in South Africa were the black South Africans. They were the ones who were actually being you know, didn't have access to the basic social care within the country. So at that point, they thought that actually this is our opportunity to go forward, to take the next step forward into economic prosperity. Now, that hasn't happened over a course of 20 years. Within that same period of time, these black South Africans that have actually, that were disenfranchised, now became franchised. I've seen other um, immigrants, especially the, um, the black immigrants from other parts of Africa, come into their country Again, this is perception we're talking about here. Coming to the country, become more successful than them, own businesses, and they're looking around to say, wow, what's going on here? This is basically you're living our dream. Mm-hmm. And all it takes, all it takes is just one sort of insightful talk, like the unhelpful conversation from the um, health minister of South Africa to re- to actually ignite, you know, the phobias. Yeah. In terms of people saying actually and- and that, 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 that's a really valid point that, that you've mentioned there. And I think it was not just the health minister. In regards to those rhetorics in, the, in, 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 the, um, yeah, was, in that realm of politicians, loads of politicians. Loads of politicians. Yeah. And it's almost like, and I always say this in regards to politics, the aim is always on the working class yeah, yeah, because absolutely. it's it's a larger percentage. Absolutely. Normally, if you can win them, you win you win absolutely. the election. But anyway, just going back, and you, might, you, you hit on a really relevant point. And... Um, it's part of the issue that's happening in South Africa. Is it not to do with the oppression that they were under for such a long time? And, and let me just um, break that down a bit, right? So, and this is my train of thought anyway. So if anyone disagrees, that's fine. In, in a sense that, as she mentioned, because they've been oppressed for such a long time, it's almost like you never want to get back to that situation again. So going back to the apartheid, yeah? And because they were under such intense um, oppression, the minute that you come out of it, it's almost like you have this ideology, you don't ever want to go there again, right? And when you see things happening where you feel like there is inequalities, and if I don't do something about it, it might take us back to that period of us not having control. And I almost feel like what is currently happening, I feel like the disenfranchised people that you've mentioned, they kind of feel like this is what's happening regarding the migrants. But anyway, rolling back a bit, and I feel like this has happened a lot of the times. Now, we've mentioned what the Jews went through, and we could look at the current Israel state, and we could see how Israel are arming themselves to ensure that they don't really ever go into any position where they are being oppressed or someone is dictating to them what they need to do. And I feel like it's almost parallels from people that have been in such um, op- oppression, yeah. almost feeling the way any side, any wrongful doing, they might take you as saying, oh, are you trying to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? But, but you, you, you get the gist, you get the gist of it. Do we feel like, do we feel like there are parallels there to be drawn from that? Yeah, definitely, like a kid that got, that got bullied. That, that's been like, bullied. That, and now that they've got a certain amount of strength. They're like, no, I'm not getting like, bullied yeah, again. Yeah, no, no, you're not going to violate me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I get it. And, can I, can I just read an extract to you from something that I read from one of the research articles I actually did about the current phobias? I think they did an interview a few weeks back, and I think they spoke to one of the locals. And I think when they asked them what was the reason for their anger, and I think one of the things they just said was 
you know, they felt that they were having to constantly struggle with immigrants for inadequate public services, frequency of illegal immigration, so they, they put that into that. Talked about competition for resources, including hospital, housing, care, competition for business and employment opportunities, but also they mentioned something which, which we almost sort of overlooked. They said perceived threat to relationship with the local women. That's always mentioned. That is always mentioned. That's one of the few videos I've seen. Okay. Oh no, carry on. Oh yeah, yeah. That was literally. I think I only saw one. I didn't take that actually serious. No. I have one of the videos. It's always I never serious. Saw a video yeah, you should go to Ghana and look at the Chinese. They'll tell literally. you that the Chinese are taking our women. What? Swear that way in Ghana. I think when you look at it, yeah, and even even in the broader scheme of things, since yeah, oh, there there is a lot of uh, we're oh, going to we need to talk yeah, about China yeah, and Africa yeah, as a yeah, different yeah. conversation. Yeah. But in the broader sense of it, even when you go back to slavery, the the reason why the white woman was such a conquest is because you know mm-hmm. you have got you've got that man. If mm-hmm. you could take that one man's woman away, with with you being poor, with you not even right. So women have always been part of that conversation. Yeah, women yeah, yeah. from from no, yeah, no. always been part of that what? conversation. Do you know how incensed a yeah. man feels when true. they see that woman there mm. and, and that woman is not giving them no attention? And this so-called migrant, yeah, yeah, yeah or this yeah. so-called slave comes in and is able to take this woman from yeah. their neighborhood. Like, do you know what I mean? So this is so I feel like it's always the video I saw, it was a South African woman. And she said exactly that, that the reason why the men are upset is that the Nigerian, the Nigerian men, they come into the country and they treat the women nice and they not have to take care of the women. So that, this, this is obviously amongst the recent spat of, mm. do you see what I mean, mm. xenophobia. So that's what they were saying. But obviously, at the time, I just laughed it off because, to be honest, the only reason why I've heard this a few times Especially with Nigerian men doing it in a lot of countries, because Nigeria, like the, that is the conversation. The, yeah, no, because yeah, only, yeah. the only reason why I hate this, and, and, Nigerian, and it's not just on the women's side. Yeah, it's like, just about the, the thing is, I know Nigerians. They, from what I know, in the, amongst the world, it's, well, I can only talk about Africa. I feel like we get about like everywhere. Do you see what? Yeah. Ukraine, Russia, there's yeah. big settlements where I'm thinking places where not a lot of black people go, I'm hearing they'll be Nigerian. So like, half Nigerian, half Chinese. Yeah, I'm like, bro, I'm like, where do we and they will go there, hustle and make money. That's the thing, like any Korean. So and the thing is, as we're there, as everyone knows Nigerian men and Nigerian men, the whole the whole stereotype, that's what I'm going to call it. So, obviously, with that, becomes a, obviously a problem, like what you lot are saying. And it is, it is that, obviously, people, especially men, their nature is certain things that you, we can dispute on and all of that, but certain things you violate on, we're going to have a big issue. So, obviously, like, let's say beliefs for some people, it might be that, like my religion or my, my actual moral code. But or women, culture, or culture, or culture, culture. But women, it definitely is. You can't violate our women. That that's for us. Do you see what I mean? And and in a lot of books they say that as well. Do you do that? A man can't forgive you. Yeah. So so looking at this, and I guess the rhetoric that we keep on using in regards to the recent attacks, is it more Afrophobia than <laughs> xenophobia? <laughs> 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 Afrophobia. 
Afrophobia in the sense that when you talk about migrants, it's not just Nigerian migrants. Yeah, obviously. There's many migrants from Africa, Zimbabwe, Malawi, Somali, Kenya. And you even have people from Pakistan and other nations that set up shop in... That have set up businesses in South Africa. But in regards to the people that are actually being killed, it's more... I haven't checked the statistics, so I can't quote this. But yeah. it seems to be more people from Africa oh, yeah. that are being targeted. Yeah. Right? And I believe I watched just before we started the podcast, I watched um, Al Jazeera anyway. And they interviewed four mechanics. We had two from Ghana and there was one from Nigeria. And I think the other country, I can't say I don't care. I'll need to take that part out. But I'm sorry. The other mechanic was from Kenya. And so a lot of it was interesting just to hear the layman, I seen the people that actually have set up shops talking about this situation. And a lot of the times, what they were talking about, and I don't know this for a fact, but they were talking about the drugs misuse in the community and mm-hmm. um, alcoholism in the community. And whereby they've even seen a father with their son, and they've said to the father, look, bring your son, let us skill him so he'll be able to do these type of jobs. So, one, you have the disenfranchised, and this is just based on this video that I've seen, where it feels like they want things to be given to them. Mm. Entitlement type of thing. This, this, sorry, this... this. This, this, was, this was the migrants that oh, I mentioned in Ghana. And, and I think the idea that we need to understand as well, for anyone that migrates to another country, they go there for more for economic pastures, yes, right? So yes. their ideology and their mindset is totally different from the people that live in that country. Mm-hmm. So you should expect those people to try because they live under the same conditions, mm-hmm. right? But it's, it's all their mentality and ideology yeah, that's got yeah. them there, right? Mm-hmm. So, and also, I think added to the conversation... So they were talking about the taxi drivers and they were also talking about truck drivers where now they're burning people. If, if you're a foreigner and you own a truck, they either seize your truck or they burn your truck. And yeah. what they're saying is that they have unions, right? And also in this country, you have unions that will fight or they'll use bargaining power yeah. to fight for better um, salary or whatever it is for, for, for its members. But what they feel like is the mig- migrants are undercutting the market. So I'm a migrant. I own my truck. You might be charging one thousand, and I come in. I'm like, you know what? I'll do it for seven hundred, yeah. right? But you're doing that, and you're unionized, and you want to get that one thousand because you feel like it's a fair, it's a fair price. And then you have the migrants that are undercutting the market. Yeah. So that is also from the um, from the research I've done. That's also part of some of the problems in this whole conversation. So. Actually, the question I was going to ask is that, is this more Afrophobia than xenophobia? And I, don't ask me how I coined that, I, coined that term Afrophobia. Do you know what? I think a lot of people, when it first came out, a lot of people were saying those kind of things that because of such the big race issue in South Africa, this is the, what I was hearing that a lot of people felt like it's a shame that black South Africans, because of what they've gone through, that they can turn around and start killing their own brethren in skin colour, let's say. Obviously not being... Obviously South African, African countries yeah, were just, there for them when they were going through that's that. That's the thing as well. You know, so it's the fact that they can AU, turn... Yeah. And, and I feel that if that is the case, I feel like that's probably what annoys them even more, the fact that it, it is... 
a black person from outside. Do you see what I mean? Because for them, it's, we got violated by white people in our own country. Do you yeah. see what I mean? So they're thinking, wait, hold on. You lot seem you just got violated for how many years by white people. We're not going to let you lot come and just do it. Do you see what I mean? Like, we've been violated and that, what, um, what Dara said earlier, it's been happening and they've, they've, They've literally tried to get their, their 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 structure, their power, their identity back, especially through the Nelson Mandela phase. You see what I mean? So now it's like, hold on, we've got to come and share it again. And to be honest, some you got to understand, some of the immigrants, like with what you're saying, they come with that hunger, that passion. So they come to the country, South Africa, where there's so much opportunity, and they're just hungry. So that kind of, it's not, those opportunities ain't in their country. Or it's not presently in their in their country. So they those people are starving. Where it's the grass is greener thing. You've been complacent in your own country, perhaps. Where these people come, they're hungry, and yeah, power naturally has to be shared. Do you see what I mean? The only thing I feel for them is they're legal immigrants. Yeah, that, like so that. Don't don't because obviously you're sharing it already. You're sharing your food with with with, with immigrants, and then you've got illegal immigrants. Yeah. And then what happens as well is that comes to crime and it comes all of that with it and I think that's what so, those could be trigger points as well you see what I mean yeah. mixed in with the whole part of what, what actually got them to actually start doing what they're it's doing it's a valid point I have a thing but I'll let you guys come um, I mean in relation to your question about the Afrophobia I think what you get with all of these scapegoats from politicians and that there's always an image behind it and unfortunately the image that they portray looks like a black person and if you're going around saying that these people are the cause of this and the cause of that, you're, ne- you're not necessarily going to direct your anger or your injustice, should I say, towards, um, let's say, the other Asian immigrants in there or the other white immigrants in the country that are doing just as well, but for some reason are getting walked straight by and the other ones are getting victimised and alienated. Yeah, so how, how does that work then? Like as as you just mentioned, because when we talk about migrants in South Africa, it's not mm. it's not just black migrants from Af- mm. from Africa. Mm. It's migrants all over the place. Yeah. And just to touch on that, so when 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 I was watching this interview, what the mechanic, what one of the mechanic mentioned is that if these same people that are causing these attacks go to someone in a, in a well-off area, someone that's a migrant, and they try to go into their house because they have attacked, they have gone into people's houses, mm. they will shoot them dead. Yeah. Yeah. They shoot them dead. What will happen? It'll go to court. These people have money. They'll get the best lawyers. They'll yeah. come out. Right? The reason why this is his reasoning for it. The reason why they're attacking the Africans, because they know that with the Africans, even if someone was to kill them, first of all, you can't get a lawyer. You don't you you're not going to get a good enough lawyer to get you out. Yeah. Right? So almost it's like they stacks it's stacked up against you anyway. And obviously they know that. So it's almost like you pick, it's, it's like a lion going for a hunt and you yeah. pick on the weakest link. Yeah. That comes back to your whole class thing, though. This, 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 this is what I'm saying. Because it's, the, it, it, it's, it's, it's that. Because they know that you might not have the, you don't, you, you might not have the resources yeah. to really fight your case. Yeah, and then, then that goes back into the whole... Immigrants but, naturally are going to be the most vulnerable in the country. Like naturally set a group, but it people. depends on the class of immigrants, though, because this is an, and, no, and yeah, 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 but obviously and they're not going into a grey area because yes. there's mm-hmm. the whole xenophobia side, yeah. and then there's just the general crime. 
Yes, yeah. yes, there's a criminality yeah, just yeah, loaded yeah, yeah. from that yeah. when that first attack happens in the first place. And yeah. there's all this criminality, the looting, people, it, opportunities, yeah. and goes on. And after a while, but, it kind of yeah, it gets kind of dies down. From... But what I want to hone in on, and, yeah. and I'll let you come in after, Chris, is that if we're saying it's xenophobia attacks, and we're first saying it's migrants, then it should be across board. Yes. It shouldn't just be a specific type of migrants, be. right? So if it is a specific type of migrants, then we have to then break it down and have a different conversation. Is it because of their socioeconomic factors for those migrants? Or is it because of their skin color? Right? Because one, you could say that they are blacks. So all black migrants, regardless of whether they're middle class or upper class, will go under the same type of um, treatment. Yeah. Or you could say that... Um, what's, the, what's the way I said? Yeah, so either they're black or they're migrants, isn't it? Right. So how how does that how does that work with this current? I, I I completely get what you're saying and where you're coming from. And for me, I personally, this is my personal view, think it's more class than it is color. But it's you know them grey area correlations that yeah. it's so close because there is the correlation of race being associated with class. Yeah. So those two can be easily confused and mm. do you get what I mean? Mm. But I, I do feel you'll get rich black people, let's say. You always have a, a minority, but the rich ones, the migrants, that may not be affected as much as the yeah. poor ones. And it could be even the areas that they live in. Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Definitely. So I, I, I do think it is more on the class side than it is. Yeah, that that would make sense because that's who they're directly competing with. Yeah, and obviously the class, the will be the working class and disenfranchised people that would obviously be the ones that are they've got the most to say and have the most anger. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So be they would be yeah. It's just people taking in their heads food and money out of their their pockets and mouths. So they would just be yeah. Just before coming. Please look out for part two of xenophobia in South Africa. If you have been affected by any of the events in South Africa, we'd love to hear from you. Please get in contact with us. Um, we want to create more of an organic platform. So if you have any questions, please check our Instagram page, which is LDN Perspective. You could also reach us on Twitter, Perspective LDN. And please, you could always drop us an email at ldnperspective at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Perspectives, different views, one voice. One voice. One voice. One voice.